0: Hello, and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, everybody. We hope you're having a great week. Denise and I are so excited because the Spirit Validation Show we did back in December was so popular, and you also gracefully kept sending in more stories. So this week, We are going to share some more spirit validation stories with you, which I find so comforting, don't you, Denise? I do. And I think that it's really nice sometimes to hear
1: other people are getting similar things to what we may be getting in our own lives. So it brings through even more validation that, oh, it really is my person and they do hear me.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. Okay, I'll start us off if that's all right with you. Sounds perfect. All right. Our first one says, My aunt was the most wonderful, beautiful soul, and she was deeply spiritual. She battled cancer for 11 or 12 years before she finally left us. I think explaining a few of my memories around her is important for context about who she was. I always remember how beautifully decorated her house was, with crystals placed in every room and along every ledge. She had every room painted a different color. She chose the color for each room based on its spiritual implications and the feelings each color symbolized, and how that connected with the purpose and energy of that specific room. All her furniture and decorations were positioned throughout her house based on feng shui, and she had a full room dedicated to meditation. It was like a zen room, and it was the most peaceful place I have ever stepped foot in. She had Buddha statues of all sizes, up to a few feet tall, decorating the edges of the room, and a central shrine with more statues, Tibetan singing bowls, crystals, and red lamps. She told me that one of her meditation teachers said that the red lights are supposed to ward off evil spirits. The last time I saw her, she gave me several crystals and a garnet ring set in silver that she had made herself decades earlier. She said the ring no longer fit her fingers after she had children. And incredibly, this ring fit perfectly on my left ring finger, and it doesn't fit on any other finger of mine. I've worn it every day since. About a year after that last visit, my aunt was starting to decline a lot faster near Christmas of 2019. My partner and I put together a gift for her with a crystal necklace and some CBD to help with her pain. I texted her on Christmas Eve to make sure she'd received the gift, and in response, she said, thank you so very much. I will open it tomorrow. Sorry, I just have not been very good at getting any gifts out this year, so Christmas is going to have to last longer for me to get something out. I love you so much. That was the last message she sent to me. She passed away on January 9th, 2020. Fast forward to March of 2021, over a year later, my aunt reached out to me through a dream that felt more real than life. It is so hard to describe, but it truly felt as though I was my higher self traveling around in another realm. I must also add that all of the communication in this dream was completely telepathic. I've never had that experience before this or after. But any anytime I looked at anyone during this dream, a strong feeling of understanding would wash over me, and I would instantly understand what the person was trying to communicate. In this dream, I was visiting my aunt's new house on the other side. It was beautifully decorated with rooms painted different colors, similar to how she decorated her old house. But the layout of this house and structure made it clear that it was a different home. I can still picture it in my mind like it was yesterday. Christmas decorations were spread across the house and a bright, shining Christmas tree sat in one corner. My aunt was wearing a gorgeous red dress and she looked as if she were glowing. All of the damage cancer had done to her body had vanished, including the dark circles under her eyes once caused by the chemo. Now her eyes were sparkling bright and filled with love. She was showering my family with gifts and all her love. We were celebrating Christmas together just like we had done years ago, but she was so healthy and well. The joy and bliss I was feeling in those moments felt like it was pouring from my heart. And seeing my aunt thriving was something I had wanted to celebrate for so many years. My aunt telepathically let me know that she was having a hard time coming to see my mom. But she wanted me to tell my mom that she was okay. Later on, I realized this was due to the heavy grieving process my mom was going through. My aunt was reaching out to let me know that she was healed, happy, and safe on the other side. She shared messages with me about how supported I am by those on the other side, that she is always looking out for me, and that I should always be nurturing myself with love, kindness, and patience. When I woke up from the dream, I began crying tears of joy and gratitude, repeatedly thanking my aunt for coming to visit and sharing the deepest love I've ever felt. I looked at my clock and it was 3.33 a.m. I started thinking about my dream and writing it down, And I thought it was sort of odd to be dreaming about Christmas in March. I've never had a dream about Christmas before. Then I finally connected the dots. My aunt came back to celebrate Christmas with me and give my family gifts to fulfill her very last words that she said to me, that Christmas is going to have to last longer this year. I'm getting goosebumps again writing this out. It was such a clear and beautiful sign, an unmistakably vivid dream. It was truly the most magical moment I've ever experienced. Wishing you all the best. I hope the story makes you smile. All the best, Jillian. Wow. Denise, don't you find that when a quote-unquote dream has that much detail and imagery and feeling, you can't not doubt it? Exactly. And I could tell by the way it was written
1: that the vividness, the the symbolism, the connection. and, And a lot of times in dreams, it is telepathic when it's a visitation. It's not always... Uh, verbal or, but, and just the fact that the the aunt also showed that she was healthy and happy. And there were, I love, love, love this story. It's beautiful.
0: It really is. And it just shows that when they are ready, when they know how to work with their energy to come in our dream, they will. And because this woman's mother was grieving so badly, the aunt's sister, she chose to come through to her niece to get a message to the older relatives in the family who were probably grieving maybe a little bit more intensely. I don't know that there's levels to that, but you know what I mean. And this is what we often see in dream visits as well, that they'll they'll come to the person who's most open to receiving it and ask them to pass on those messages. I just think that's beautiful and very well written. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Uh,
1: uh, Our next story, while listening to the recent episode, Validations from Loved Ones in Spirit, one of you said, if we question whether our loved one is with us, simply ask them a, directly for a symbol, example, a bluebird, et cetera. Also giving a specific time frame in which to show you. Well, a little backstory is that my ex-husband took his own life seven years ago. I always felt he was the love of my life. Back then, we both suffered from alcoholism, and I believe he also had some untreated mental illness, but he was still an amazing man. And my two daughters loved him and called him dad. In September, a psychic medium told me that he was with me almost as if he watches over me, even went so far as to say he's not happy about the way I'm currently being treated. He was always very protective. After listening to your episode, I asked out loud, Blake, if you're really here with me, please send me a sign. Show me your name spelled out or let me hear your name by Christmas Day, which is also his birthday. I asked this late on December 21st while I was at my parents on Christmas Eve with my huge family for my dad's birthday. When my mom leans over and says, I debated if I should show you this. I found it downstairs at the bottom of a box. It was a little note card that had Blake 2002 written on it. I was shocked. You were right. We just need to make it simple and ask.
0: Oh, oh, I love that. I do too. And think about what Blake had to get through or go through to get, you know, his mother-in-law to pass this message on and say, no, 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 you need to show her that note. That's, that's a lot of love. It is. And that
1: another side shoot to this, not only the validation from spirit, but just, you can feel the love. You can feel that, that, and even though there were challenges in their relationship. It, this sounds kind of hokey, but love really does conquer all. And and that connection and cord with our people in spirit still comes through because of the love.
0: Yes, exactly. The love is the strongest and most amazing gift we can have. And it does transcend death and it does transcend time. And I think these stories are proof of that. I agree. Okay. Our next one says, I have a couple of friends who are also into the woo-woo. My one friend feels the presence of folks who have passed and gets hit from various indicators, often songs. My other friend gets particular smells in the presence of deceased relatives. She also gets confirmation and license plates and sees lots of heart rocks. After hanging around with them for a while and hearing all their experiences, I was a little envious and asked my deceased mother for some hearts also. My mom was also into the woo-woo when I was growing up, well ahead of her time, back in the Shirley MacLaine days, so I hoped she would participate with me. Well, I did start seeing naturally shaped heart rocks on occasion. So doubting myself, asking, is this really heart shaped? I asked my mother for a clearer sign. I requested a pink heart rock and visualized a manufactured shaped heart rock so I wouldn't doubt it. I waited several months and basically forgot my request. My friends and I were working on a business together at that time. We traveled separately from Maine to Texas to go into a convention and met up at our hotel room. My one friend was going on a backpacking trip after the convention, so she was traveling light with her camping gear. As she was unpacking, she asked me if she had given me a piece of selenite. I said no. She casually pulled something out of her bag and gave it to me. It was a fist sized piece of selenite, which is a white stone wrapped in pink cellophane. I laughed and cried. It was such an amazing message out of the blue a white heart rock, but wrapped in pink, so technically meeting my request. Time passed, and our much-loved dog injured his knee, tore his CCL, the equivalent to an ACL tear in humans. At 10 years old, Duffel is not a spring chicken, and the vet said his recovery will be slow and uncertain. I was so distressed, as he is such a love family member, I couldn't imagine him struggling to walk. So I thought to ask my mom for her help in intercession, since she was a huge animal lover her whole life. That night, I made my request and slept with that selenite under my pillow. The next morning, I have a volunteer shift at the local dump in a recycling center called the Swap Shop. People drop off things they no longer need, and anyone can help themselves to what is there. It's really a great place. Anyway, someone dropped off a huge garbage bag filled with quilting fabrics. Every other volunteer would have taken that bag and stuffed it on the shelf and not given it another thought. But for whatever reason, I felt like sorting through this huge bag. Deep down in the middle of the bag, I found another man-made heart rock. No other items besides fabric were in that bag. It was an opaque white, unknown type of stone. I absolutely felt like my mom had sent that my way to reassure me that she was helping me with our dog. I'm pleased to report that Duffel has made a full recovery and continues to do well at the age of 12. Anytime I feel nervous or worried about something now, I put those stones out or wear them and know my mother can hear me and will help me if she is able. One question relating to this story What do you think is the significance of white selenite? Do you think there's a message in that crystal selection? Thank you again, and God bless you both. Wow, that's wonderful. I think it's such a great thing when you find heart-shaped rocks, but I completely understand doubting them. I started finding heart-shaped rocks in the summer of 2005 before my former husband was um, injured in the line of duty. And I would find them every day I went to the beach, which was Every day that summer. And I remember thinking, oh, this is, you know, God trying to tell me something. And then that incident happened, and I was like, oh, that was it. And every time we returned to the beach, I just couldn't help it. I became kind of obsessed about looking for these heart shaped rocks to let me know God was still there watching over us. And <laughs> Denise, there were so many times I would pick up a rock and I would say to my kids, does this look heart shaped? And I remember one time Olivia muttering to her sisters, Just say it does. It makes her feel good. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of stopped looking for heart-shaped rocks after that because I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I think I'm making all of these into heart shapes. But the white selenite that she asks about, that is a stone of connecting with your guides and angels and your loved ones in heaven. And so the beautiful thing about selenite, it's also named for the moon goddess, Selene. So it does connect you to the moon. And so I wonder if, you know, like my dad and I used to always say when I was growing up, he'd say, I love you to the moon and back times infinity. And so I wonder if you and your mom have something like that, or if she read you good night moon a lot, it, it could be connected to that. Selenite is also considered a very protective stone. It really helps to raise and lift the vibrations within and around you. So it's it's a great stone to have for protection in your home. If you want the kind of protection that's gentle, that's not, you know, like hematite is going to be like back off, B, right? That's the energy of hematite. (laughs) Very, very strong. Selenite's more like, let's all just be happy and hold hands and get along. So it's more protective in a gentle way. And so I wonder if she's just trying to show you that she loves you with this, this pure heart of love and gentle peace and protection. That's beautiful.
1: I love that she was nudged to go into the bag. Because yes. that, those are the things that we can't explain and we don't know why we do them. But a lot of times there's the spirit knows more than we do. And if we follow the breadcrumbs or follow those nudges, we're often beautifully
0: surprised with
1: a sign or a connection with spirit.
0: That is so true. And we've got to follow those, those nudges. We've got to. They are the signposts to our soul's blueprint. So I was wondering too, because
1: with the the crystal stuff, could the the person who was writing need that energy of selenite? So it's not really completely about the sign or completely about coming in, but needs the, because you know how sometimes stones will come up or will be drawn towards
0: a particular stone. So could that be part of it as well? Do you think? Definitely. Yeah. I think it's important to, Always look for stones that we're attracted to, but also be open to the ones that just come to us. Yes. But again, what a beautiful validation and gift from from her mom. I love
1: that. Yes. Okay. Our next one. For some reason, I always passed over the Community Connection episodes because I was so intrigued and excited when I saw the titles of the other episodes that I had to listen to them first. (laughs) I get that. I was on my way to work tonight, driving and listening to your podcast per usual, the November Community Connections episode in particular. Denise was reading the last story towards the end about a woman who had lost her grandmother, whom she had shared the same beliefs about spirituality and the afterlife with. My father was recently called home and crossed over early this past February 2021. And this story resonated deep within me almost as if it was mirroring mine and my father's relationships. The woman described her grandmother as her person and how she talked to her during her commute and and any moment that made her think of her grandmother. I too described my father as my person and love to talk to him while I'm driving in my car mostly. I too wrote a eulogy and stood up to speak at my father's funeral. He would always joke and tell me, if no one speaks at my funeral, I'll be pissed. I absolutely hated public speaking, but despite that, I promised him that I would no matter what. Writing his eulogy and speaking up there next to him before we gave his vessel, his body back to the earth where it came from, was the second hardest thing I've ever had to endure in my lifetime. And no matter how debilitating and absolutely heart-wrenching it was for me to do so, I never could have sat there and not spoken. So I kept my promise to him that I would. While listening to that woman talk about the sign that she had received from her grandmother involving the pennies, I thought to myself, hmm, maybe I should write in and share my beautiful experiences and signs that I've received from my father since he has crossed over. I was contemplating going back and forth with myself on whether or not to. I've never written to anyone that I've followed or listened to, and I didn't want to do it wrong, I guess. But spirit told me to share this with you both, so here I am. After that episode had finished, and Denise mentioned that you guys were wanting to do a podcast on validation from Spirit, I was scrolling through the Community Connections episodes, and Spirit told me again to click on the July episode, so naturally I did. Samantha was talking about different ways that we can receive signs from Spirit and loved ones who have crossed over, and she mentioned songs. My father and I shared a love of music, and it was one way we really bonded. If we couldn't find the words we wanted to say, we would always use music as a second language. Samantha says, I'm hearing Crash Into Me by Dave Matthews and my heart sunk into my stomach and the biggest smile came upon my face. That was my sign from my dad to share this story with you guys. Dave Matthews' band was our band. Every year we would go see him in concert. We shared a love for his music and it was a bonding moment for both of us. Shortly after my father passed away, I'd be driving away and talking to him or visiting his graveyard, carrying on a conversation with him. And out of nowhere during these moments, a single rainbow or a double rainbow would appear in the sky. I knew immediately it was a sign from my father. I just couldn't quite decode the sign. I chalked it up to being a sign that he was descending from the spirit realm to earth to sit with me. It wasn't until I had a session with a medium that I was certain that I found the meaning behind these rainbows. During my session, I had asked the medium what path my father chose after he crossed over. I asked this question because I know that we're spiritual beings having a human experience and that when we leave this reality, we still have loads of stuff to do in the spirit realm. We may have jobs or be called back home in order to fulfill important tasks to regroup and lots more. The medium told me that this was great and beautiful question. She also told me that my father was doing pretty great things on the other side, and he has a very important, big job to do. She said that since COVID had started, people have been going through a major spiritual transition. She said that my father holding this long, dense road that connected to the bridge that he would manipulate and use to move the bridge and connect it to different places all over the world. Golden, she questioned, then proceeded to say, no, it's like a rainbow bridge. I didn't mention anything about the rainbows I had seen until she had stated that the bridge was a rainbow one. She said that he was called home because during this time, because many people are going through this spiritual transition and need help, that extra push and that he's helping them and guiding them to where they need to be in order to reach their full spiritual potential. I broke down in tears. He was trying to tell me all this time, look, look at what I'm doing. I'm doing such great things. I'm helping so many people just the way I helped you. Ever since that day, I saw the first rainbow. I've taken pictures of all of them. And I plan to make a beautiful collage of them and put them right on the wall above my altar. That's very clear validation and a beautiful gift from your dad.
0: It really is. And the rainbow was such a great symbol of that connection between us and spirit. It's always been known as a promise, right? Right. And I feel like it's him saying, I I promise to keep helping from the other side. And also the Dave Matthew bands. That's a fabulous hit. That's a fabulous
1: connection because it has such personal meaning. And we, we say that a lot, pay attention to a band someone liked or a song or the lyrics. If you're walking into the grocery store or you turn on your car radio or Siri starts to play it randomly. It's my my feeling is it's very much a sign from my loved ones
0: i i know music is a wonderful way and you know we've said this before nature's a great way dreams and so are coins you know just we uh, recently had valentine's day and on valentine's day what i usually do is i set up a little candy trail leading to the kids valentine's gifts and so i got that all ready and made sure the dogs weren't going to eat any of it. And I woke up the girls and they came out and followed the trail to the little gifts. And then I sat down on the couch to watch them open their gifts. And, you know, it's like six thirty in the morning, I'm tired, but I had like gotten the dogs off the couch and outside. So they wouldn't eat in the, the candy trail. And I had straightened out the couch and everything. So I knew there was nothing on it. So I sit on the couch and I'm. I can feel that I sat on something. So I stand up, and and there's a quarter there, and that's always my sign from Maggie in heaven. And I said, "Look, girls, Nana's saying happy Valentine's Day too." It Aww. just it made me so happy. And so I think just those little those little signs, and I think it's lovely if you can have a designated sign for each person, you know. So like if Rainbow is her sign. For her dad, and Selenite is the sign for our other listener. It's so nice because every time you see a rainbow or a Selenite, you know that's a hello from heaven and you know who is sending it. Right. That's beautiful. Okay. Our next one says My beloved mother transitioned to heaven just over four years ago. She was my compass and my best friend. I feel blessed beyond words that I got to share this earthly experience with her for 36 years. I miss her physical presence in our lives and wish she could participate in person for so many life events, especially with my three babies. One of our favorite activities together was to go on walks. We had many deep conversations and solved all the world's problems on our nature walks. It was painful when she was no longer able to enjoy walks due to her cancer. A couple of days before mom passed, I asked her to come visit me often. She told me she would come back as birds. A few days later, my family went on a new walk that I always hoped mom could have enjoyed, but never did. The most beautiful yellow finch called loudly and followed us the whole way. She was chirping so loudly that it was almost obnoxious. I kept telling her, mom, I see you. I love you. Thank you for visiting. She finally got to go on our walk and fly. She still comes occasionally as a bird looking through our windows. My kiddos will call out, hey, mom, Emma came to say hi. On another occasion, after she transitioned, I felt called to understand angels more as I was getting messages to learn more as I allowed my intuition to open again. I suppressed my gifts after my younger years because I just wanted to be normal. My grief forced me into early morning routine before my kids would rise. This routine includes prayer, meditation ritual, and submersing myself in self study on all subjects of angels, energy, intuition. One particular morning, I was reading about Archangel Michael and was having a burst of sadness about losing my mom. I invited the angels into our home and asked for them to help us heal. I asked for a clear sign to know they truly exist. Not thinking much of this, I went on with my day. While I was getting my children breakfast at her island and doing our typical morning devotion, my curly-haired daughter, Eva, who was five at the time, said, Mommy, Emma came down. She's right next to you. I was a little startled, but didn't want my daughter to notice. So in a calm manner, I said, okay, sweetie, does she have anything she wants to share? Then she said as she looked mesmerized, mommy, there's also a really big angel with huge wings hanging on the couch. Emma is just hugging you and told you she loves you. The tears streamed down my face as I embraced my Eva. Mommy, now Emma left. Oh, tell her to come back. What about the big angel? Mommy, he's always hanging around, she stated with such a matter-of-fact way. My daughter brought me one of my most treasured messages. Later, I showed her pictures of Archangel Michael, and she verified that he's the angel hanging with us, but that Emma goes back and forth. I hope this message brings hope and love to others who may appreciate some encouragement. Bright blessings and extra thanks, Nicolette. Wow, out of the mouths of babes, huntinies. That's right. And they so often they haven't blocked their filter yet.
1: So they do see and sense and experience things that we all have the potential to do, but so many of us shut it down out of fear or conditioning or whatever else it might be. That's a beautiful story.
0: Well, and like she said, just wanting to be normal. But you know, they've done some studies on this and they think it might be connected to our eye development. That when babies until, um, oh gosh, eye doctors do not email me about my ignorance on this. I can't remember if it's like elementary school age or late toddler age, but until, I don't know, four or five, the rods and cones in our eyes are developing differently. And they think that that extra peripheral vision that, that kids have actually helps them to see these other beings from different dimensions as well. It would make sense. Yeah. I always like it when a little bit of science can hopefully back up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm
1: reading a book right now on channeling, and it's talking about the pineal gland and how important that is, and they've done all this research. So Mm -hmm. it is brain chemistry, intuition, uh, clairvoyance, it's all interconnected. I truly, truly believe that. And I think as time goes on, we're going to see more concrete evidence that supports what we all do so naturally.
0: I would love to do a show on people who have had experiences like this with angels. Oh, that would be
1: great. You know,
0: because I really do think you call on them. They are there. And that's what she did in her morning meditation and her daughter just so casually, but effectively and thoroughly validated it for her. So she's got her mother in heaven with her. And I love that image of the yellow finch. Yep. Mom, we see you. You can quiet down now. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yes. And on a little bit different note, the next one is my mother was and is a strong personality, funny, opinionated, and loved my brother and I fiercely. She was a single mom who would do anything for us. We were very close. She was my best friend. We went everywhere together. The last five years of her life, our relationship was very strained and different. I'd gotten married. She didn't like my former husband. She was right about him, but that's another story. Had two children. It was busy starting a life for myself. Before she passed, we were able to talk about things and make amends. We spent the last few weeks of her life together every day, and she had a peaceful passing. But a few months after she died, I started to feel awful. I wondered, did she truly know how sorry I was about her fights? Did she have any idea how much I loved and missed her? Now more than ever, I realized all she'd done for me and how much she loved me. So I asked her to visit me in a dream or give me a sign. That night, I dreamt I was in a doctor's office waiting room, sitting by myself. The elevator doors opened, and my mother walked out of the elevator with another woman. The other woman had brought my mother there to see me. I just knew this. The other woman didn't look at me and walked away. My mother slowly walked over and sat across from me. All her movements were slow as if she was taking great effort for her to be there. I started babbling right away, telling her how sorry I was for all the fights. Sorry I didn't listen to her about so many things. And of course, telling her that I wanted her to know how very much I loved her. She had her head down and wasn't looking at me. When I was done talking, she slowly raised her head, looked at me and said in the kindest, sweetest, most loving tone, I already knew. She then slowly stood up. The woman who had brought her appeared and they got into the elevator and left. I awoke the next morning knowing I had been given such a gift. It was a present I wanted to share with everyone I knew, but I couldn't truly convey what had happened. That dream not only brought me such a peace that she knew how I felt, but it validated that she heard me. She was with me, that there is life after this. It must have taken so much for her to come through, but she did. She's come to me in other dreams since and sent me signs. I smell her distinct scent at times. It still astounds me. I really shouldn't be surprised with the personality my mother had. Now, years later, thanks to my education from you two wonderful ladies, I know this is a visit. It's still as vivid in my memory as it was in 2006. Thank you for letting me share this. I can't tell you what it means to me to have a place where I can share this story and know there are people who understand and value such a gift. Wow! Again, so beautiful, but also when the vividness, the the detail, and visitation dreams stay with us forever, and we can snap right back to them. Right now, at this moment, I'm thinking of a dream I had many, many, many years ago about my father, and I can still see the detail, the expressions. Again, it was a telepathic communication with him. So, if even if you want the person to show up like they're in your everyday life, be I, I see these as dream visitations as a blessing. And even though I work as a medium, I don't get a lot of dream visitations. So if that's something that happens on a regular basis for you, what a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful gift!
0: I don't think they do happen on a regular basis for really anyone because I think it is so special. And I you know i I've always been told that they have to receive permission from their guides to come in our dreams. I think it, you know, it always needs to be treated with that reverence? There was a woman I knew years
1: ago, a friend of mine's mother, and she was older and she had lost her husband and she had been alone for quite a while. And we, she knew I was a medium and we were talking and I said, do you miss him? She says, oh no, we visit every night. And I said, what do you mean? She says, oh no, he comes and sees me every night. And I said, you dream about your, your, you know, your wonderful husband. She said, it's rare that he doesn't come to me in a dream. And that's the only time I've ever heard that.
0: Wow. Yeah. I have never heard that. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I, I can,
1: can we please add the disclaimer that if you're not getting dreams from your loved one in spirit and you've asked for it, it's not that they're not trying, or it's not that they don't want to see you. It might be, you're not wired to receive signs that way, or they're really working at how to figure out how to get there.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's it's incredibly difficult for them to come into our dreams. And so it does take this perfect alchemy of many, many different things that are going on. And if you're not hearing from them in your dreams, there are several other ways you can communicate with them as this this next story illustrates. And this listener says, Dear Denise and Samantha, I don't think it ever would have occurred to me that I could ask for a coin as a sign if it were not for you to. This is the story of my maternal grandmother and the three dimes she gave me. Several weeks prior to the first experience, I asked my maternal grandmother who passed away about 10 years ago to let me know if she's with me because I sensed that she was and I wanted to know for sure. So I said to her, if it's not too much trouble, please show me dimes. I did not think about it much after that other than to doubt it would happen. During my childhood, we camped every summer at a particular campground in Michigan with my grandparents and cousins. In my memory, it was the best time of the year. We've carried on the tradition since my grandparents have passed, and the beach campground in town we are all seared into my memory with a mixture of nostalgia, magic, and sadness. It is a very special place. It was the day we were leaving this place, which tends to be light on magic to say the least, when I got my dime. I was directing my husband as he was backing up our vehicle to connect to the trailer hitch was a perfect one and done back up, which is not normal and may or may not be related to what followed. All of a sudden, the elderly man in the lot next to us came walking over. I'd never talked with this man before, and he struck up a conversation. That's a task that'll test your marriage, he said, as my husband completed backing up perfectly under the hitch in one try. Not today, I thought. I explained that we were good to go, and how often does it happen that you get it on the first try? Then he said, well, I found this on your lot and held out something to me, adding the words, this is for you. He then dropped a shiny 2021 dime onto my hand. The world paused for me for a second or two, and my mind got quiet as a knowing came over me. No doubt, that was my grandma. I thought about how useless dimes are, and how strange that this man decided I should have it. Why would a total stranger go to the trouble to give it to me just because it was on my lot? I can't buy anything with it, and There are kids all around who would be excited to have it. It is just a strange thing to do. So I was grateful and in awe for a hot minute and then started to rationalize and question as the days went by, was that really from grandma? Yes, of course. But was it really? Yeah, but. So that leads me to dime number two. We returned home and a few days later, I asked my grandma if she could send me another dime. Again, I doubted it would happen and then forgot about it by the next day, which was my 20th wedding anniversary. My parents-in-law stopped by that evening. I happened to be outside and met them in the driveway. As they walked up, my mother-in-law bent over and picked up something in the driveway. Then she walked up to me and said, I found something in your driveway. And then she literally said the words, hold out your hand, this is for you. I did not want to open my hand. I was imagining a bug or a worm or something gross, so I cautiously held it open. The dime she dropped in my hand was completely unexpected. When I reflected later, I thought, Why did she not place that dime in the hand of her 10-year-old granddaughter who was standing next to me and who would actually want a dime? Because it was for me. I was beyond delighted. My grandma is amazing and somehow doing Jedi mind tricks to make people do unusual things with dimes at the exact right time. I felt so loved and appreciative that she would do this for me and somehow felt a compulsion to ask for one more affirmation. I did not need it for evidence, but Felt I had to ask, even though I was somewhat ashamed to do so. I decided to ask for one last dime with the caveat if it's not too much trouble. I asked her if it could please be given to me by my mom, her daughter, but if that was too hard, not to worry about it. A few weeks went by, and I decided I needed to tell my mom and sisters about the experience. It would give them comfort to know grandma is around us and watching over us. It was a risk because my family is very religious, and ironically, that sometimes tends to make us less open to these types of spiritual happenings. I was very nervous about telling them. Amazingly, they were also accepting and excited about it and genuinely believed the dimes were from grandma. This in itself was one of the best gifts. So by this time, almost two months later, getting the third dime was not even on my radar, particularly since the person I wanted to get it from now knew about the first two. Of course, I did not tell my mom I had asked that she be the one to give it to me, but really, how could grandma pull something off like that? My mom would have to place a dime in my hand by accident. This was not happening until it happened. My mom came over to go walking with me on one of our lunch breaks. And I asked her to put my phone in her pocket so we could keep track of time. We returned from our walk and my mom pulled my phone out of her pocket. Here's your phone, she said. As she set my phone onto my outstretched hand, my jaw literally dropped. My phone had a coin stuck to it, and that coin was a dime. Just sitting there on my phone was a dime from my mom's pocket to me. Are you messing with me right now? I then said, why are you giving me this dime? Then my mom noticed the dime. We both just stared at it in one of those frozen in time moments. When we realized she accidentally gave it to me, which was the only way it could have happened since she knew about the first two dimes, it was the one coin she had in her pocket from the last time she wore those pants. That coin must have stuck to the ridge on my phone case when mom pulled it out, and then she literally put it into my hand, just like the previous two dimes. None of them were just sitting around for me to find. Each one was placed in my hand by another person. My grandma knew if I saw a coin on the sidewalk and picked it up myself, I would doubt it was from her. It had to be blindingly obvious. She's amazing. I can't recall a single time in my life when anyone has placed any kind of coin in my hand telling me it's mine and I've had three of them within a few months, all of them dimes. Thank you, grandma. I love you. Wow. Okay. First of all, Denise, God bless this grandma, because this girl sounds so much like one of my daughters who's going to make me go through similar loops when it's my turn in heaven. (laughs) I mean, that's a lot to, have you ever, I don't think I've ever had someone like hand me a coin now that I think about it. Um, I think I have, yes, but
1: not with the I think the the fact that they were so specific of saying, this is for you, this is for you. you. Yes, that's pretty damn cool.
0: That is really cool. And then the the third one about, you know, how she wanted her grandmother to have her mom, the grandmother's daughter handed to her, but then how could she, since she knew she was waiting on this dime. That's just, that's just magical. It really, you know, I remember when I was um, 10 or 11, we were living in this house that that we thought was haunted my whole family and weird little spooky stuff would happen in that house and so i had just prayed to god for protection and i was just waiting out in my front yard for my friend missy to come get me for our bike ride and we had this older couple that lived next door and they they just definitely kept to himself i don't think he liked kids he never looked at me he never spoke to me i just kept my distance so i'm just waiting on on the driveway and and he's mowing his lawn on a riding Mower,
1: you know, uh-huh. where you're sitting up
0: high. And he turns off the mower and he leans down into the grass and he pulls what I thought was a piece of grass and says, Here, little girl, this is for you. And I walk over like super nervous. What's he handing? Why do I want a blade of grass? And it's a four leaf clover. Oh, yeah. I just thought it was a sign that we were going to be protected in that haunted house. But that's the only time I've ever had someone like call me over and say, this is for you and hand me something unexpected, like a four-leaf clover or a dime. So I definitely get what she's saying. Okay. Did anyone else pick up on the fact
1: that she was hesitant to take it from the people in the driveway because she thought it might be something (laughs) gross? I thought that was kind of funny.
0: I did too. Well, I think it shows how she's always thinking, like she's always rationalizing and thinking and figuring things out look, I'm like that too. And it's very hard often for spirit to get messages through to us because we they know we're going to question it, doubt it, rationalize it. So just more props to her mom, her right, grandma.
1: Because, and, and we've both known people that can make anything fit. They, it doesn't yes. matter. Uh, there's you know there, a leaf blew off a tree in Connecticut. That must be my sign. It, it doesn't. So I think being uh, a little, what's the word we want? I don't want to say skeptical, but discerning about Mm -hmm. our signs is a good choice. Exactly. Okay. So the next one my brother passed away 27 years ago at age 33. He had a stroke when he was on vacation in Thailand with a friend on the island of Phuket. It was a severe stroke. He was in a coma for a day and the next day he died. When we found out what had happened, we were in shock. How can any one who is so healthy, pass away so suddenly. The weeks, months, and years afterwards were very tough, but as life goes on, it became more easy to cope. Now fast forward, 25 years after his passing, I decided to visit Phuket with my husband and children in memory of my brother. On the exact day of his passing, we had planned to visit his hotel and the hospital where he died. That morning, I stood on the balcony of my apartment, thinking about him and talking to him. I asked him if he could give me a sign if he was there with us that day. I asked him for a sign that was so clear that I'd have no doubt that it came from him. We visited the hotel and hospital. It was sad and beautiful at the same time, but good to get closure after all those years. Afterwards, I realized I didn't get a sign from him, so I thought I missed it because it was quite emotional, even after so many years. We went to have lunch in a shopping mall. It was a small shopping, Mall Real Thai place with only Thai food and soft music playing. Actually, it was not the shopping mall we were supposed to go to, but Navigation sent us to this one. It was a nice place. We had a good lunch, and finally I could relax. We were about to leave suddenly, and the song of his funeral started to play, Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. I recognized it immediately, even though it was an instrumental version. I couldn't believe it and started to cry because I didn't expect this at all. What an amazing sign. It was so clear, and I have no doubt that it came from him. I always had a special bond with him, and I miss him so dearly. It it was really nice to hear from him again. I said thank you and felt amazing the rest of the time in Thailand, knowing that he was with us. I'm sure that this was his way of saying thank you as well. Thank you for the amazing work you both do and share. Best regards, Danielle from the Netherlands. Wow okay. The the very blunt version is this is the stuff where you have to say, you can't make this shit up. Exactly. I mean, that is such a beautiful,
0: beautiful sign. What are the odds in a fully Thailand restaurant where I'm assuming they play Thai music. I mean, I eat at our local Thai restaurant all the time and they're not strumming out Eric Clapton. (laughs) No. And it's a funeral song. Yeah.
1: And and that is, uh, that's a, I remember when that song came out and He wrote it for his son that passed. Yeah. Um, But I I also think that that's being that specific. You have to give a high five to her brother in spirit. Was it a misjudgment or did he know that he could get that song to play in that restaurant when she was sitting in that chair?
0: I know. And I've I've wondered so often, how do they do that? You know, and I, I had a dream years ago that I was talking to a ghost and I was trying to get her to cross over and she was haunting the house of one of my friends. And she said, Oh, hell no. I'm having too much fun effing with him. Mm -hmm. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, he's a health nut. Watch this. So my friend walks into the house and he goes to the fridge to grab a bottle of water. And she says the word potato chips. And remember the electric company, When like the words, like a cartoon come out of their mouth. Okay. Just like that, in my dream, I see the word potato chip followed by a picture of a bag of potato chips float out of her head and across the living room into the kitchen and drop into his head. He closes the fridge, gets on the couch, puts the TV on, and then sighs and rolls his eyes and gets up and goes into the pantry and gets the bag of chips. Oh my goes to high five me and she goes, look, isn't that fun? Anyway, I just wonder if that's how they do that. If, if the brother was in that restaurant and somehow put the thought into whoever's head that was setting up the music to play that song. because Don't, don't right. you wonder how they do that stuff? All the time. All the time.
1: And I think that that's really, goes back to the discernment stuff. We don't have to try to figure it out logically. We just have to say, Thank you.
0: Thank you. Yeah, exactly right, Denise. You always put things so beautifully. Okay. Our last one says, My grandmother Ganny was a chic, elegant, loving, and also very traumatized woman who developed a debilitating narcissistic disorder, which until her dementia diagnosis really created a rift in our relationship. In the midst of transitioning with dementia complications back in December of 2020, but a year prior... She and I had a moment of amazing healing where she was so out of her damaged brain that I only experienced the sweet girl within her. Her transformation into her younger self was so impactful that even her proclaimed allergies to smells and certain body pains had disappeared. She made amends for hurts, and for the first time, I saw her true nature. At the time, Ganny made a pact with me that she would use the song, His Eye is on the Sparrow, as her way of saying hello from the other side when the time came. I figured this would be a good sign since I do not attend church and I am nowhere near a Southern Baptist church in New York where such a song would be played. Christmas day of 2020, Ganny had contracted COVID and was unresponsive. And of course, we were not allowed to see her. Ganny still came through with messages in my dream state and waking state to let me know she loved me and that she was wrapping things up. But she did not use the Sparrow song. On the week of her 90th birthday in May, she finally passed, having waited until restrictions lifted so that my uncle was able to be with her and hold her hand as she peacefully left this plane. Another amends moment, I'm sure. Now on to the Sparrow Connection. Today I was listening to your January Community Connections episode. I'd recently returned to listening to your show after contracting COVID. It was very mild, but I'm a freelance arts educator, and if I don't work, I don't get paid. I've been very worried about overdue rent and other bills. I've been asking my ancestors to come through with emotional support a bunch. My Ganny have been coming through more than anyone. And as per your comment on loved ones needing time to acclimate, Ganny seems to have needed at least until now to make her presence known. Thank you for that knowledge. So about two weeks ago, I'm sitting and watching an old episode of Jimmy Fallon on YouTube where he's interviewing Elmo. As they did their stick, Elmo began singing, His Eye is on the Sparrow. My laptop almost hit the floor. Wow, who'd think you'd hear that song on Jimmy Fallon? Right. With Elmo singing it. With all. Elmo singing. <laughs> I love so many aspects of that story because for one, it mentions that, yes, they do need time to acclimate on the other side, but also it shows how her grandmother was waiting to pass. You know, she needed to make amends. She needed to see her son before she passed. She needed to check off all these little to-do lists, which I think is is so I don't want to say the word common, but don't don't you see that a lot where they'll they'll wait until they're able to say I'm sorry or they're able to see a certain loved one or all these things have to line up in order for them to be ready to go across that bridge.
1: Yes, very well said. And to have such a unique song, because you're right, unless you're in the Southern Baptist community, that may not even be a song that would be mainstream. So I think it's interesting that they chose something so specific to the grandmother and she found a way to bring it through. Incredible.
0: Yeah, it really is. Because if she had been, I don't know, visiting family and the mom said, you have to come to church with me. And she heard that song. She'd be like, oh, was that my grandma? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But to hear it, you know, while she's down and worried about paying her her bills and asking for help on the other side and she watches a YouTube clip to feel a little better and get some laughter in her day and poof, there's the sign from her ganny. That's yeah. how it works. We appreciate you guys so much for taking time to type up these stories and send them into us so that we can share them with all of you. We hope you guys have found these stories as validating and comforting and affirming of the everlasting, everlasting presence of love and life beyond this one. If you'd like to send a story in about an angel or spirit validation or a question into our show, you can always email us at enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or take a moment to leave us a five-star review or a comment. We really appreciate it. It helps to grow our community and helps us to keep doing what we love to do so much, which is joining you each and every week. We'll be back with you soon. In the meantime, please remember to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.